It is Wednesday, April 12th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Lakers are in the playoffs. And so are the Hawks. Oh, yeah. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Takes overtime, but the L.A. Lakers are locked in as the seventh seed. The Atlanta Hawks beating the Miami Heat. They are your seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. And the Bruins, as Scott would say, make some history today. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Bruins. Bruins. I, when you, I like Bruins. when you say Bruins. Yeah, well, that's how you say it, but it's Bruins. Bruins. What's brewing is the Lakers in the playoffs as we welcome in our NBA expert, Mackenzie Rivers, and the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Full house this morning on SOVAM. I was told there would be no NHL until after I left. <laughs> that is a fact. Yeah, Don't we, worry. we will promise you that. No, we did say no NHL. No, we already brewed some. <laughs> yeah. Mac, uh, LeBron James and the Lakers are in the playoffs, just like the NBA wanted, conspiracy theory. Uh, what did you make of this game, especially the way that it ended? It was a tie. High game late, LeBron with a dribble drive penetration, kick out to Dennis Schroeder, who hits the three with, what was it, 1.4 seconds left? Game over, right? 1.4 seconds. You would think. But then, Timberwolves with a long inbound pass to Mike Conley in the corner, who misses the three, but gets fouled by Anthony Davis. Now, this wasn't like a big contact foul that that impacted the the shot. The T-Wolves didn't have a timeout to advance the ball. They, they, did. Did. they did. They did. They did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They now, by the way, that's the greatest rule ever. Imagine, like, like every sport you did in the NFL, you call timeout, you're in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but they they called the foul because I guess Davis didn't allow Conley to land, and he backed up into his landing zone, which has been a point of emphasis for the past you know couple of seasons. Conley drills the three free throws with 0.1 seconds left on the clock, and we go to overtime. NBA is so good at what they do. So good at what they do. Very marginal call. Very marginal call. But what do they get out of it? They get overtime. Five more minutes of basketball. They get the favorite still to win the Lakers. And when you look at the box score, oh, Lakers had 24 free throws. Timberwolves had 14, 15 free throws. It wasn't that big of a difference. You know, you get those three extra for the Timberwolves thrown in there at the very end. Oh, and it almost that. seems like this was a fair fight. And Anthony Davis got to 39 points, rebounds, and, exactly and, and he right. pushed his numbers. Everybody's <laughs> a winner. Anthony Davis knew what he was doing. Um, did missing Rudy Gobert have a big impact in your game in this game in your mind? No, I mean, their defense looked excellent throughout, even in the fourth quarter when the Lakers made their comeback, only allowed 19 points. If anything, it seemed like they were more... Um, uh, there was more cohesiveness and more togetherness. Mm. I mean, maybe that's just, you know, reading the tea leaves, but they had an all-in effort, and they looked really good. They covered the number. Yeah, they let's, were up 11. Let's, let's, let's not forget that. They were up 11 at the half on the Lakers. Let's talk about the, the total in this game. And, boy, uh, under with ease. How about this? 210 points combined in overtime. Uh, Fez, I know you've been a big proponent of these play-in unders. When it when it goes to overtime, did you have any worry, or was the fourth quarter so low scoring 
with the uh, the Timberwolves only scoring 12 points, Lakers only scoring 19 in the fourth, that you were you felt pretty safe. The only sweat was the double overtime possibility. And Mackenzie, I believe you have the numbers on just how strong. How would we do if we just played the play-in games to go under since they implemented them? 11 winners, only three losers, and eight in a row have gone under in the NBA play-in game. Wow. Why am I not just playing everyone? Oh, Oh, never mind. I, I am. <laughs> you are. And I was looking. The first halves have been particularly low scoring. Uh, both of the first halves go under, but didn't matter. Both of the games go under today as well. Although the Atlanta game just barely went under by one point first Ooh, half because they but they scored like 15 points in, in the, the last final. minute. I yeah, know. they did. Wow. Would would we be wise to look at fourth quarter unders for like not just this game but any important play, any playoff I, game? I think I think all of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it seems like, yeah, the, the defense might lapse early, but in the fourth quarter, every possession, you know, matters, and these guys really lock it down. They actually play defense. Yeah, they actually play defense in the fourth quarter. If, they, if you have quarter bets, I would look at, or even live bets, I would look at fourth quarter unders once we start getting these playoffs. And the offensive players, they seem to be struggling once they're being guarded. It's mm-hmm. causing a little bit of a problem for them, you know, as opposed to a normal regular season game. So what totals do we have for tonight's games between the Bulls and the Raptors Ooh. and the Thunder and the Pelicans? They have been hammered down. Wow. The, uh, the Bulls-Raptors open 217.5. Currently, 213.5. The Pelicans-Thunder open 232. Currently, Two twenty-seven and a half. Why didn't I give those out to my clients? Or oh, oh, you did. I did. Never mind. Well, that's We're good. why. That's We're why. Good the, on that's that. why these numbers have been adjusted. Well, ob- <laughs> ob- well obviously the um, the two unders tonight is not going to hurt that narrative. Um, but I got to tell you, there's there's a group out there that was just firing away the Lakers. They pet the Lakers all the way up to two thirty-four. If you haven't played the unders already, I'd wait. It would not surprise me if the analytic geeks run their numbers and say, oh, there's no way that we can have, you know, a, a Thunder game at 226. We got to go over now. That, that's interesting. So, because the Thunder are, are at the high, typically high scoring games, right, McKenzie? Uh, yeah. What, what's interesting, though, talking about what Fez is talking about is these numbers went way up all day, and then the games got happened. And they both went under pretty easily, and now they've dipped down like two points. So, I mean, what do you what do you factor in? Is is it just the regular season performances, or is it? I think we you know press the restart button. These are this is a different season, and I think we got to take in take into account what we've seen in this small sample size. Would you rather play first half unders or full game unders for tonight? Personally, I think I think full game unders. I think if it's going to be a close game. Uh, that effect you're talking about where they slow the game down in the fourth quarter yeah. is a big effect. And the way that both these games are lined, five and a half, would lead you to believe that there will be close games late. Yeah, and you can always sneak a peek and see if you're getting a bargain on a first half or a first quarter and play under. Although the Atlanta first quarter went, I believe, not just over, but well over, if, yeah, I, if I remember correctly. Yes. Well, so, is it just like last night? I mean, we were and felt correlated. We were looking at the the totals under, and we were looking at the dogs does that does that strike the same tonight? Are we looking at the uh, at the Bulls and the Thunder in these games we expect to go under? I'm not sure what the NBA college basketball makes sense with and has better correlation. The NBA is kind of a different animal. Mm. Well, if you had to just are these lines correct in your opinion, McKenzie? Five and a half on both of these games? 
this is how I, I played. Uh, I like the Pelicans, but I think the best way to play it is the team total under for the Thunder. Uh, you can still get under 111 and a half. That's, that's my favorite play on the board. Okay, 111 and a half for the Thunder for tonight. Well, the Eastern Conference game, the Atlanta Hawks, they win 116-105 over the Miami Heat. So Atlanta will advance to take on um, the Boston Celtics. Sounds like an under. 116-105. It definitely was. Trey Young scored 25 points for Atlanta. Um, what went wrong here for the Miami Heat? I think it's about the Atlanta Hawks. I think Miami's been struggling all year on offense. Jimmy Butler, we talked about this, uh, was kind of Batman all year, and he kind of just fell back down to earth, was like a normal human being. But I think this says a lot more about the Hawks, this win, because uh, there was rumors throughout the day Trey Young might be on the trading block. And my thought is, all right, if Quinn Snyder has a six-year deal, if he is the man in Atlanta – puts a lot of emphasis on Trey Young to play like a team player where he doesn't have, you know, everything guaranteed. He doesn't have the Luka Doncic situation in Dallas. He could be moved. So this this situation was, can Trey Young take a back seat? And if he does, can DeJounte Murray pick up the slack? And that's what it looked like. Throughout the game, they just had more offensive firepower, more different ways to go. And I think uh, I think this is this kind of validates their offseason move, getting DeJounte Murray in and moving Trey Young to a, you know, a co-starring role. Mm. If I told you going into this game that Kyle Lowry was going to put up 33, Tyler Hero was going to put up 26, and Jimmy Butler would be their third leading scorer, is that a good thing or a bad thing for the Heat? Yeah, and the Heat would still go eight points under their team total. No, it's they got as lucky as they could from Kyle Lowry coming off the bench. He probably wouldn't have even played that much if Vincent, their starting point guard, didn't get hurt early on in the game. Uh, so I think they kind of lucked out with with three-point variants. They just didn't have a lot of, you know, go-to offensive options. It, yeah, and Trey Young was also one of eight from three-point range. Uh, he's not going to be that bad moving yeah. forward. But I still don't think the Hawks have any chance in their series against the Celtics. No, it would probably be the upset of the century in, <laughs> the, in the NBA playoffs. But, it's you know, it's par for the course. Sevens lose to twos. It's just what happens. How historically, how have the play-in game winners that advance to the playoffs, how do they how do they perform in the first round? Not well. So there's been eight. Zero of the eight have won their series. Mm-hmm. Zero of the eight have won three games or more in their series. Three of the teams won two games. The other five teams won one or zero games. And they're obviously you're going to be up against a one or a two, so not expected to win. But Vegas, the great equalizer, has an even market, or supposedly only 14 winners, these eight teams. 28 losers two-thirds of the time they fail against the vegas number mm. which should make it 50 50. wow that's interesting uh i was thinking about series prices like the celtics just lay you know two and a half do they win do they, or do they win just go lay the thousand don't just screw lay, around just, just lay the just thousand take, take the winner Bridge you know what and, and if you don't want to lay a thousand you're still laying a thousand so i'm not going to be able to help you any but just parlay the uh Celtics to the 76ers. They're both going to win the series. If they don't win the series, if you make this bet and you lose, you come to Vegas, I will take you to dinner at Nobu's if you show me a receipt that you lost at least $100 making that parlay. Now, I saw this postseason wow. trend. It's I, comped, AJ. It's okay. comped. Okay. You can come, too. Okay. I, I saw this postseason trend. Uh, my buddy Jared Smith had this on Twitter. Um, that of the last 123 NBA postseason favorites yeah. to win their games, you know, straight up wins, 107 of them have covered the spread. So 87% ATS record for the favorites. Conversely, of the last 77 underdogs that have covered, 
only 16 of those didn't win the game outright. So does it make sense in the NBA postseason if you are on a favorite to lay the points, and if you like an underdog, play the underdog on the money line? I think you got to show me units one, and because the, the problem I always have with this, it, it depends upon how many games are competitively priced. Yep. If if a team is a one to three point underdog, uh, duh, the winner the winner of the game is going to cover. Yeah. You know, but if it's a if it's a nine point favorite and and that's still popping up, well then I think you got something there. Can we? I, I do think there's something to points being less valuable as totals have gone up in the NBA, but there's another way to play it. You could just bet every favorite against the number. In the playoffs since 2016, you're 57% over 500 games. Favorites tend to do well Repeat when points that. don't That's matter. That's strong. Go ahead. So in the playoffs, you're betting a favorite one points to 20 points. You're more than zero. Since 2016, you're 282 and 116, 57%. So yeah, the well, 282 line, and 216. Yeah. Okay. The line seldom matters, so generally that is going to benefit the favorite covering. It's been at an impressive clip. I wouldn't expect it to continue. It's counterintuitive, is it not? You'd think that these are the best teams that they there's there's a point spread tax, but the um, LeBron James and company are like screw you, screw your point spread tax. We've been coasting all year long, and now we're we're going to play harder. And we're <laughs> there's no let up at the end of games. Generally, these games don't end. You know, one, two, three, or points. Hmm. You see the you see the Lakers. They were well, ironically, down the Lakers whole, didn't cover. Right, they were down the whole game, and they they still won by six. You could have pushed if you got one of those early numbers. Mm. Uh, generally, there's a run out at the end of the game. That's just the way the NBA is played these days. For the games tonight, are there any player props that you think we're we're looking to ride guys or fade guys? Who's got a, a particularly juicy or non juicy matchup tonight? I think with the playoffs, there's generally a reduction of the bench. Ten guys become seven, eight guys. And uh, my favorite one is Jalen Williams with an I. There's two Jalen Williams on the Thunder. You want to oh, bet no. Jalen with an I, Y-L-I-N, because he's the ninth man. He's going to be the one squeezed out. You get under 11.5 points plus rebounds. Uh, shout out to Sleepy Jay. He's the first person to put me on to this one. But it does make a lot of sense. He's going to play significantly less minutes than he's used to, especially because down the stretch he's been playing more minutes because they've been resting guys, guys that are going to be back playing full amount of minutes in this game. I like it. I like that quite a bit, actually. That's a good. That's a good handicap as well. So, kudos to you for, you know, bringing Sleepy's work to the table. I, I don't care who brings it. I like it. Can we play points? Can we play points and anything is good. Yes, points under eight and a half. Points plus rebounds under eleven and a half. How much is the other Williams points number at? Uh, like eighteen and a half. So it's, okay. it's not. It's close. It's far enough where you're not going to make that mistake. <sighs> if you're getting eighteen and a half, it's too good of a line. Check the name. I like that. All right, well, that'll do it for NBA this morning. Fez, thank you for coming in, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you probably either later on this week or, or early next week. Well, I'm not going to talk baseball, but I do want to bring up one thing in baseball. Oh, okay. The floor is yours, my man. My father, when I was growing up, said, if you watch a game closely enough, you will see something in every baseball game that you have never seen before. Mm-hmm. And the game I particularly went to my, with my dad to, what we saw was – we saw a fan yelling, hey, Wendelstadt, they got two guys on the on-deck circle. That's not allowed. And Wendelstadt, the umpire, walked over and made one of them go back to the dugout. So that's, that, Hunter that, Wendelstadt. That's what we saw. I saw something that I've never seen before. Maybe it's happened. I'm sure it has, but it's the first time I ever saw it. San Diego was playing their game, and they had men on second and third, and they had a situation where it was ground ball, hot ground ball, throw to the plate. I think they are playing Atlanta. can't remember. And the throw gets past the catcher. There's a semi-collision at home, and the runner, like, falls down. He's, like, 10 feet past. The guy in second hustling the whole way, books around third, sprints to the finish line, and crosses home plate right before 
the original guy who was on third touches the plate just to make sure that he touched it. They rule that he did not indeed touch it the first time, so he got lapped by the guy in second. So he was out at the plate. So so there's an error on the infielder and a ground ball with men on second, third, one out. Error on the infielder, and yet the guy on third does not score. I've never seen it before. That's That's pretty pretty incredible. That's wild. That's uh, got to make sure you touch home plate. It, uh, it was just pretty, pretty. Well, is that a rule now? They uh, they appealed it and they ruled him out. Yes. Yeah. All right, Steve yeah. Fezzik. Thanks, thank Fez. you very much. As always, we will talk to you next week. AJ, they did it again. The Tampa Bay Rays won a game, eleven and zero now on the season. They're just they're just never going to lose, right? I told you, I minus one and a half last night I, or yesterday afternoon. I said everybody's thinking they're just going to lose. They're not going to lose. I mean, they're going to lose eventually. They weren't going to lose yesterday with McClanahan on the hill. Are you out of your mind? No. Easy money. Easy Uh, money. I'll ask you the question then. The best start to a Major League Baseball season, 1987 Milwaukee Brewers, 1982 Atlanta Braves, 13-0. Will the Rays win two more games and start 13-0? I'm uh, pulling up their – I mean, obviously, their their schedule. They play the Red Sox here uh, for two more games. Okay. So it's a four-game series. So they're they, beating Chris Sale, even bringing up Taj Bradley uh, from the minors. They're going to beat them. They're going to beat Chris Sale. They're going to score a million runs off Chris Sale. The question comes down to who will pitch for them. It's guess, Jeffrey, it's Jeffrey, Springs. Jeffrey Springs and Corey Kluber. Uh, yes, they're going to win 13 games. This team will be 13-0? Yes. Well, they set the all-time record. Will they win a 14th game? Well, who's who's the next Toron- game? At Toronto, Drew Rasmussen against Jose Barrios. Yes. They're so going to be 14 and 0. They're going to lose. <laughs> they're 162 and 0. They're going well, 14 and 0. That's where they're going. I'll say this. Are we money line rollover? I I am I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. They're going to lose today. Oh, why do you think that? Because Chris Sale stinks. I know, and that's the reason why the Rays are going to lose. Because the public sentiment is now that Chris Sale stinks and the Rays are unbeatable. And so everyone will bet on the Rays tonight and Chris Sale will have his best performance, which is not hard, by the way, to have his best performance of the season after the way that he has looked through the first two starts. But here's the deal. The Rays are only minus 120. Like this is the that's and that makes sense to me. Because I'm actually surprised. The, the See, you can't make the Rays an underdog at home. But if there was ever a case to be made, this would be the case. They have a spot starter coming in, so it's going to be a bullpen game. But they just recently had a bullpen game two days ago. Uh, you know, when, when Beeks uh, got the, the, the opener uh, the opener role. So, I just, I think the Red Sox win tonight. Uh, if Chris Sale, if this was the first game of the season... Would the market be more optimistic on Chris Sale? Yes. If this was the first game of the season, we didn't see anything what the Rays did. The Red Sox are favored. Red Sox are favored in this game with Chris Sale versus TJ Bradley. Taj. Taj Bradley. Excuse me. That would be, that's, yeah, Red Sox would be favored in this game. But we saw Chris Sale and he stinks. Yes. And we know now, what we didn't know week one of the season was the Rays offense is. Best in baseball. Maybe just as good as their, their pitching. I played the over in this game. I don't hate it. Uh, I played over eight. I don't hate it. it. It just feels like 
I, I do think the Red Sox are going to score some runs in this game, unlike the, the last couple games where mm-hmm. the Rays mm-hmm. have just shut them down. But I, I still feel like the Rays are going to hammer Chris Sale. So I, I, I feel better about runs being scored in this game than who's going to win it. But I, I do think the Rays get theirs at a minimum. What if I gave you the option? Hmm. I guess you'd rather have a full game over because there is always the the chance that you can get extra innings. I I want I want the over because the Red Sox bullpen is a gas can. That's true. I was gonna say because if you get like maybe like a first five over four, you know I, I think that's good as well, especially with how much offense the Rays have had. But um, yeah, eight and a half for the total. If you can get an eight, you get push protection. That's nice. Now, if I were looking to play a team total, mm-hmm. like if I were looking to play the Red Sox team total over, I would prefer first five to full game because the back half of the Rays bullpen is very, very good. So I can avoid the Rays bullpen, but I want like playing a full game. Wow. Total, wow. I want wow. that. Wow. Wow. You found it. Wow. I found the play. AJ just talked us into the play. What's the play? Red Sox first five innings over one and a half. Give me two runs from the Red Sox against Taj. I don't hate it. It's minus 150. That's worth delay. That's going to be my new phrase, by the way. Worth, <laughs> worth delay. Why not just play the 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 game over? Like, because you know, again, you know, Chris Sale stinks. You're, I think he's. But I think just... I feel like I, it would not. But shock I don't have to me. pay minus 150. It would not shock me if Chris Sale throws five scoreless innings. That it would blow my mind. I don't think. It's but not, like, why? He's he's, he's got the he's got the guy. He's got the history to do that. And, and yes, he's had two really bad starts to start the season. And I so, agree. So I are can't... you expecting Madison Bumgarner to throw a shutout his next outing? No. Why? He's he was the guy. <laughs> Like, we're talking, this isn't Chris Sale from five years ago. He still has 13 strikeouts in his first eight innings this season. Like, he's got the stuff. He only allowed four hits in his last outing. I mean, yeah, he gave up three runs, but he only allowed four hits. So, if he could, I just think that Sale is capable of having a good start tonight. It would not shock me. I feel like you're buying low. Yes. Everyone sold their Chris Sale stock. Everyone, Everyone sold the Chris Sale stock. It would not shock me if Chris Sale goes out there, puts up seven, eight strikeouts. In fact, what's Chris, Chris Sale's Sale strikeout number? He's freaking GameStop. Y'all are kicking around <laughs> stock that like he's like Blockbuster Video. Y'all are still like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest more in Blockbuster. Chris I'm gonna Sale, buy low. What about TJ Bradley? That's like the pink sheets. <laughs> Chris Sale is over five and a half strikeouts. And I will say this: the Rays have the lowest strikeout rate in Major League Baseball through the first you know part of the season. But Sale, seven strikeouts in his last start, six strikeouts on opening day. And the six strikeouts came in only three innings. Now, remember, but remember the game that he he threw seven strikeouts last game, that was against the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. The other game was against the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. This is a, by far the best team they've seen. So he's been playing down to his competition. Now yeah. he's going to play a great team in the Rays. I'll tell you what, this will we'll be see. the best you'll see Chris Sale. So far this season tonight. <laughs> I'm betting it's not. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, I do like Red Sox over one and a half team total in the first five innings against Taj Bradley, making his major league debut. Probably only going three innings. Okay. We'll see. Uh, so that that well, we'll go right into the rest of uh, the games here on Wednesday. Well, we have several day games, but none qualify for the getaway day system, boys, mm. because all of these day games either feature non-sweeps 
or the one team that is going for a sweep, the Chicago Cubs, they are off tomorrow okay. on Thursday. So none of these games qualify for the getaway day system. But let's run through the schedule. Astros are at the Pirates. Jose Urquidy against Rich over the hill. Yeah, I played an Astros team total over five here. Rich Hill, I don't know how he gets through this lineup without eating damage. Uh, Astros bats were a little quiet yesterday. Uh, but I, I don't expect that to be the case, you know, more often than not. So on a, after a, qui- a quiet day where they scored just four runs, mm. I expect them to break out against Rich Hill. Rich Hill in his last start against the White Sox, seven runs, eight hits, three of them home runs in four innings. Better lineup, Astros or White Sox? Why, uh, Astros. Yeah, I think He's so. pitched nine innings so far, and of the 11 hits he's allowed, five of them have left the ballpark. Oh, boy. This guy throws batting practice, which is why he would be a great pitching coach uh, and, you know, batting practice pitcher. So, yeah, some sort of Astros team total maybe in this game as well, uh, or just a full game over, which is it's it's up now. I think it's nine. Nine. Or- um, because, I mean, the Pirates are certainly hitting, even without O'Neill Cruz. Uh, the, the Pirates offense has looked really, really good. Uh, the White Sox at the Twins, Minnesota minus 165. Lucas Giolito, Sonny Gray on the hill. Sonny Gray this season has thrown 12 innings. He has only allowed one run on seven hits. That's pretty good to start the season. That's not bad. And considering Giolito's brand name. Oh, Giolito's uh, broken. Yeah, it sure does seem that way. He's so I, there may be value on the Twins yeah. here. It's it's the Twins. Twins are the play. Uh, Yankees at the Guardians. You got Clark Schmidt. For he the sucks. Against Peyton Battenfield. I've never heard that name in my life, so I, I don't know if he sucks or not. Clark Schmidt sucks, though. Peyton Battenfield making his Major League debut for the Guardians. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much about Peyton Battenfield. What an interesting name to say. Peyton Bettingfield. Uh, this is a split. This is a minus 110 both ways. Good value on the Yankees because, you know, they're the Yankees. Uh, the Padres at the Mets. Mets minus 115 with Tyler McGill against Blake Snell. Blake Snell has not had the best start to the season, carrying a 7-8-80 RA. Uh, you have the but Mar- you did talk about him last, last outing, and it didn't work out this way, but it's rare you're going to be able to get Snell and the Padres as a dog. Yeah. Is this a case where you'd like to look at him again? Uh, McGill looked good in um, his last – again, McGill's only played against the Marlins, two yeah. starts against the Marlins, but he's only given up two runs in 11 innings. He's only given up uh, – he's given up nine hits, but only three hits in six innings in his last start. I, see, I feel like he's getting more comfortable um, in his role. Now, he was not supposed to be a top-of-the-rotation type guy – but the fact that he's, you know, being forced in here due to injury, he's earning his way now into this rotation. So when Verlander comes back and the Mets get a little bit healthier in their starting rotation, I think McGill has earned his spot. So he's going to keep pitching for his spot. Uh, it's a close. It's it's close. You know, the fact that the Padres picked up a win yesterday makes me like the Mets maybe a little bit more. Um, just because Blake Snell has really not had a good start to his season. Mariners take on the Cubs. It's Logan Gilbert, Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman has had a tremendous start to his season. Two starts, both of them at home. He is not allowed to run. 12 innings, only five hits, 14 strikeouts, zero runs allowed. That seems good. And he's at home once again. 
Cubbies going for the sweep of the Mariners in this one. Only way I can lean here is, is with the Cubbies. You take a look at the total. We don't have one just yet, so nothing on the line. I'm seeing 10 at FanDuel. Well, let's see what we got weather-wise. The early reports here for Wrigley Field. Looks 76 and sunny. Yeah, but it's the wind. You always have to factor in the wind. So let's look and get the latest wind reports. Oh, what, the wind's, like it's windy in Chicago? Is that a thing? Yeah, you know, it's called the Windy City because of old Mayor Windy, not because of the weather. Um, the blowhard politicians, they yeah, say. Yeah, so let's see. Why do I not have park factors coming up here for Wrigley? All right, 16.7 mile-per-hour winds blowing out to center field. And then 17.1 mile-per-hour winds an hour later, 17.2 an hour after that. Might be, well, Marcus Stroman's not exactly a, a fly ball pitcher there, but maybe maybe we go contrarian here and go with the under. Just because the wind's blowing out, people are going to bet the over, maybe the contrarian play is the under. Under 10 with a Marcus Stroman on the mound kind of seems like, and a day game, shadows, Kind of seems like the right play here for me. Uh, Cardinals at the Rockies. You got Jack Flaherty, Jose Arena, and St. Louis is minus 178, and St. Louis is probably the play here. A St. Louis team total could be a play here. The total is 13 in this game. It seems high. Well, if you've seen if you've seen the Cardinals pitch this year, it's yeah. not that high. Uh, 11, I, I, 11 and 12 mile per hour winds blowing out the center field. I like your idea of a team total over on the Cardinals much more than playing the Cardinals outright because their pitching's just been a disaster. Urena this year in two starts has given up 10 runs in only five innings. So this guy gets hit and hit hard. Uh, he's given up three home runs, 12 hits. And 10 runs, he's only had one strikeout. But then again, he's only pitched five innings. But what a strikeout. Curl it was a good one. Dirt. Yeah. Imagine, be, imagine being the guy that struck out <laughs> against them. Like, uh, yeah, bad luck. Fun. Brewers are at the Diamondbacks. It is going to be Dre Jameson making the start for uh, the Diamondbacks. And Jansen Junk. What a name for a pitcher. A junk pitcher? Yeah. Right? Jansen Junk, who last year made uh, two starts for the Angels, and in those starts, he went, let's see, eight and a third innings. That's good. Ten hits, six runs. Not as good. Not as good. That's a 6-4-8 ERA last year. More like Jansen Garbage, am I right? (laughs) I mean, mean, the the name says it all. Jansen Junk. Uh, What's a better name for the pitcher, Junk or Outman? Ooh, Outman's way Outman better. Outman was an amazing name for a pitcher. Is he still pitching? I don't know, but that's way better. I mean, uh, he, he's, yeah, James Outman, right? Oh, no, James Outman's the outfielder. Who's the the pitcher? Is the, uh, it was it Outman as well. Anyway. Um, Outman, not as good of a name for a batter. No, no. Yeah, no, not. <laughs> you're Outman. I know, I know. No, but that's three strikes. Yeah, Go sit down. Yeah, you're you're Outman. Out, Marlins at the Phillies. Zach Wheeler against... Edward Cabrera, and the Phillies are minus 195 with a total of eight. Only way I can look here is the Phillies uh, with the better pitcher on the mound in Zach Wheeler, even though he hasn't gotten off to a great start. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Zach Wheeler picks up his first win of the season today 
against the Marlins. Marlins have had one of the worst offenses in all of Major League Baseball, even though Luis Arise is batting like 600. Nationals are at the Angels. Mackenzie Gore for the Nationals against, wow, Griffin Canning making his 2023 debut for the Angels last year. Griffin Canning oh, didn't pitch uh, because of injury. 2021, though, Griffin Canning in 13 starts. He carried a 5.6 ERA. That's not good. No. That's not good. But, hey, welcome back, Griffin Canning. It's been a long time since I've heard that name. A's are at the Orioles. Baltimore minus 190. Dean Kramer gets the start for Baltimore against Ken Waldachuk. Now, I bet on the Rays, first five-inning team total when they faced Ken Waldachuk. And Why are you saying it like that? Because it's funny to say Waldichuk. <laughs> and in those, in the first three innings. You think of, a guy named Seidenberg would take it easy on guys. And it's like. Seidenberg's better than Waldichuk. Ken Waldichuk probably got his ass beat when he was in elementary school because his last name was Waldichuk. And you're like, Waldichuk. Ken Waldichuk makes, <laughs> what, $300,000 at least? What's the, what's, 700000 What's the Major League Baseball 675, league I think. Yeah. Not bad. So, and he probably makes more than the league minimum. I mean, he's well, wasn't like always that, that way. Yeah, this is his, this is his second year in the big leagues, so good for him. Ken Waldichuk, uh, in his, in three innings against the Tampa Rays, he gave up eight runs, four home runs. Yeah, in three innings. You want to talk about Rich Hill throwing batting practice? Waldichuk throwing batting practice. I got a feeling the Orioles are going to go over their team total in this game. Maybe a first five team total for the Baltimore Orioles. In fact. How about a little plus money player prop, Adley Rutschman, anytime home run for the Baltimore Orioles? Ooh. Okay. Why why, Actually, why him? No. Scratch that. Ryan Mountcastle, well, anytime home run. <laughs> okay. Well, why Ryan Mountcastle? Because he leads the majors in home runs with five. Okay. And now you're getting a pitcher that gave up four home runs in his last start? Yeah. Ryan Mountcastle goes yard. Plus 105. Is that what it is? No, it's got to be better than uh, that. Well, no. he's hit three home runs in the last two days. So, yeah. like, All right, it's so probably, minus, minus 200. It's probably inflated. Corrected. Minus 200, then. Let's look to see if we have it here. There's got to be a home run prop here. Batter props. Uh, home runs. Ryan Mountcastle. I think, like, Aaron Judge at the Plus 425. Peak was, like, 4-1. to one. So, this is, this, this is very Na- pricey. Plus, 420, plus 425 for Mountcastle. For Adley Rutschman, plus 550. All right, which one are you going for? I'm going to play them both. Okay. <laughs> You're guaranteed to win. At least all, one of them had us to hit a home Playing run. Playing both. Uh, we talked about the Red Sox and the Rays already. Uh, Tigers at the Blue Jays. Toronto minus 267. Yeesh. Uh, Kevin Gosman against Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez in his first two starts of the season has allowed seven runs on nine hits in 10 innings for an ERA of 6.8. Three. That was a Tigers opening day starter. Remember, he gave up. He was like thirteen right. innings, zero yeah. earned runs in yeah. spring. Yeah, no. hadn't worked out. Nope, not. But right. that undercash for you though. It did cash yeah. for me with ease. <laughs> I like Kevin Gosman and the Blue Jays in this matchup, especially in that beautifully new re- redesigned Rogers Center. Uh, the Reds are at the Braves. Hunter Green, Spencer Strider, Atlanta minus two sixty seven. Can I bet like combined strikeouts in this game? One million. Yeah, between both of these pitchers, yeah. like these are two of the highest strikeouts. Out guys in Major League Baseball, you gotta like. They're, I'm gonna try and get what's the strikeout number on both these players right now. Uh, 
I only see Hunter Green over seven and a half. Oh, that's a big number. I would say Strider is probably going to be like at least six and a half as well. There's going to be a ton of strikeouts in this game. How about a first five under between Hunter Green and Spencer Strider? The problem with Hunter Green can strike out a lot of guys and still give up a lot of runs. Yeah, he's he's what they call high variance. Yeah. Um, he only had five strikeouts in his last outing, though, um, in four and two-thirds innings. Gave up two runs against the Phillies. In the other game, uh, his first start, eight strikeouts in three innings against the Pirates. But he also gave up three runs. I'm so, seeing yeah. nine and a half for Strider. Nine and a half for Nine Strider. And a half, yep. Wow. That's a crazy number. I, that's, that's like, like Garrett that's, Cole, right? You have to play DeGrom, under that, DeGrom's, right? DeGrom's, DeGrom's number yesterday was nine and a half. You have to play under nine and a half, right? I don't know if I can. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can. Spencer Strider struck out nine in both of his first two starts. Who did he pitch against? San Diego last start struck out nine. And then Washington struck out nine. So one better lineup, one lesser lineup. Yeah. The Reds lineup's not very good. No. It's kind of like in between those. Yeah, but I mean, closer. it's closer to the Nationals than it is to the Padres, for sure. Yeah. And he had nine, so can he get ten? I mean, he only pitched five and six innings in both of those. Can they get him to the seventh in this one? I don't, I, like, start? that's the thing. Early in the season, like, they're much more likely to I say know. five, six, that's good. You know what? Then maybe, maybe an under nine and a half is the play. Nine and a half. I mean, it just seems crazy to play over. Like, I, I there's no way I'm playing over. And Strider strikes out the side for the second <laughs> inning in a row, uh, and he still might go under. Yeah, right. Uh, who did I forget who I had the other day? I had their uh, their strikeout prop, and oh, it was uh, the Mets pitcher Singa. And oh, he, Senga, he like, yeah, he had like six strikeouts in two innings, and I needed six. I needed him to go over six and a half. Third inning, fourth inning, fifth inning, none. Yeah. And then in the sixth inning, he finally got yeah. one. The last pit, last pitch of the sixth <laughs> inning, I was like, oh, my God. He struck out everybody in the first two innings. Where's that last one? I had to wait till the sixth. Dylan Cease as well the other day. His strikeout number was seven and a half. Yep. And he struck out. Like, Jock the, Peterson. The, the, the first inning. You know what I'm saying? But he struck out the, the side in the first inning, and you're like, well, he's on pace for 27. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like the last inning, he was up around yeah. that 100-pitch count, and he was walking guys. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get there. Who comes up in the lineup? Jock Peterson, the walking strikeout, yeah. did the job. Uh, moving along, Royals are at the Rangers. It's Brad Keller against Nathan Yavaldi. Texas is minus 178. Total is 8.5 in that one. And the Dodgers and the Giants. Clayton Kershaw against Alex Cobb. LA minus 170 with a total of 8. Uh, one other nugget from yesterday's performance that I wanted to mention. Shohei Otani with another ridiculous outing on the mound. Um he pitched uh, a, what was a, a 2 nothing win for the Angels. But Otani goes seven shutout innings. He strikes out six. He did walk five, but he only allowed— Loser. He only allowed one hit. In Otani's, you know, three starts this season, he hasn't—he's he, got a .47 ERA. I mean, he allowed one run against Seattle, and that's it. He is off to an incredible start on the mound, and I attribute a lot of that to him getting the start, really, in the World Baseball Classic because it, it got him to maybe rev up faster than he would have in, in a normal spring training, and he is parlaying this over into the regular season. And I know people want to talk about Otani to be the MVP, but at 10-1 to 1 right now to win the American League Cy Young, you can make worse bets than what Otani is doing right now. And it's weird because he's the only pitcher probably in history who could win the MVP without winning the Cy Young. Like any other time, if you're the best player well, in the did. league. Two years ago, he you're was the MVP. He wasn't the Cy Young. What? 
Oh yeah, but I'm saying he's the only he's the only guy who could do yes, this. Yes, because if Verlander or Clayton Kershaw yeah, did the it, MVP, they they're obviously yeah. the best pitcher in yes. the league as yes. well. So, yes. but Otani because like it's 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 a tougher bet because you're ha- you're counting on one of his his skill sets mm-hmm. instead of the combined. That's what to me MVP is just it's such an easy call because and even because though they lost factor in his pitching as well. Yes, they vote him for the MVP. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Except last year when they robbed him. Well. Judge had 62 home runs. Um, yeah. Okay. He hit the ball a long way. Great job. How many guys you strike out? Sometimes, you know, upsets happen in hockey a lot. But sometimes the upsets are really inexplicable. Sometimes they upset you. Is, is, that, is, that, is that the word? Inexplicable. Yeah. Can't explain you it. you can't explain it. Yeah. Why isn't it inexplainable? What's inexplicable? Why? Wh- where did that come from? Flammable means inflammable? What a country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that a Simpsons quote? <laughs> That's great. So the Penguins last night needed a win to uh, really get into the playoffs. They control their own fate or heading into last night. They did, thanks to the Islanders losing, again, inexplicably, uh, <laughs> on Monday. So the Penguins, minus 600 favorites, just had to beat the Blackhawks on home ice. The Blackhawks, the worst team in hockey, literally, coming into the night, the worst record in the NHL, playing the second night of a back-to-back, which is usually, like, you know, the ultimate fade spot for a team. Not only the second night of a back-to-back, but with travel built in. And starting Peter Morazic in net, one of the worst goaltenders in the NHL. You couldn't script a game to be more one-sided. Not to mention, a loss for Chicago would pretty much lock them in to have the worst record in hockey and thus a 25.5% chance at winning the NHL lottery and drafting Connor Bedard with the number one overall pick. And after a season... Seems like a a win-win to lose this game. Yes, in a season in which you have traded away all of your talent, with the exception of Jonathan Taves, who recently came back with his health situation, but... You've traded away all your talent. The fan base has nothing to get excited about. You could now hit the reset button on your franchise with a once-in-a-generation talent. Nope. The Blackhawks beat the Penguins last night. Pittsburgh now is no longer in control of their playoff lives. And for the first time in 18 years, the Penguins are probably not going to make the playoffs. 17 straight years in the postseason, If the Islanders win tonight, which they are minus 360 favorites over the Canadiens, actually, the Islanders don't even have to win. If the Islanders get a point tonight, so as long as they win or go into overtime, the Penguins are eliminated. (laughs) And with the win, the Blackhawks now had their chances of drafting Connor Bedard cut from 25.5% to 13.5%, and probably worse than that because they're tied with Anaheim for the second-worst record, meaning the 13.5% is actually going to be split between those two teams. You want to talk about one... Remember when like we, we were like, oh, man, I can't believe the Texans won that game. Yeah. I can't believe the Blackhawks won this game last night. And it is a, maybe a franchise-changing win. Literally. And the Columbus, and not in a good way. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have just been doing their part, and it's like, hey, uh, if we just keep losing, like, 
we're going to draft Connor Bedard. And Anaheim's thinking the same thing. Anaheim's got like, listen, we got some of the best young talent in the NHL. If we just keep losing, we're going to put Connor Bedard in a team with Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry and Mason McTavish, and we're going to have the best five young, four or five young stars in the NHL. And so Anaheim's going out there thinking, well, you know what? We're going to lose every game. <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks have not won since 2021. March 17th. <laughs> and who did they beat on March 17th? The Blackhawks. The Columbus Blue oh, Jackets. Okay, okay. Since then, it's been 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 losses. They're doing their part. But the Blackhawks said, you know what? We're going to bust our butts tonight. We want this win. And so, they won. And now the Penguins... That seems like a poor decision. ...can only sit and watch as tonight the Islanders host the Canadiens minus 365. New life for the Islanders, by the way, who lost to the Capitals on on uh, Monday in a really you know inexplicable loss with a chance to clinch a playoff spot they lose can't use that word again for the rest of the show Uh, i'm just gonna keep (laughs) using it but now they're on home ice a baffling loss Uh, yeah now they're on home ice where this season Ilya sorokin on home ice has a 1.91 goals against average now you're asking scott is that is that good that's what i was asking well the Best goalie in the league this year, Linus Olmark, has a 1.89 goals against average. That would be the best numbers in the NHL, right there with Olmark, is Sorokin on home ice. Literally, no better goaltender, well, one better goaltender than him in the entire league when they play at UBS Arena. I might make a, it's not a bridge jumper bet for minus minus 365, but it is for me. So, actually, we'll call it a ledge jumper. Yeah, low bridge. Yeah. Like like a, a stoop jumper. <laughs> like, it's going to hurt. Yeah, it would, I'm break, not gonna, it would break a gargoyle. But it I'm won't gonna, hurt like, like the penguins. You know what? No, no, it won't hurt like, it's not a bridge jumper. Like, you jump off a bridge, you're either going to die or you're going to cripple all your bones when you smack it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But, like, if I jump off, like, the third step, I might pull, like, a Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, that's the type of bet that I'm gonna make tonight. It would sting on, on, on the Islanders. Yes, but it, it probably comes in. Yeah, it probably does come in. And I'll tell you what: in the spirit of this stoop jumper, step, Alpha, step, step jumper, Omega, step, step jumper, <laughs> the promo code that I'm gonna give you guys out that you guys can go to pregame.com and save twenty percent off. Save 20% off? It's save 20% or take 20% off. Save 20% off just sounds redundant and stupid. Yeah, it does. That's inexplicable. It's unexplainably <laughs> inexplicable. I can't believe I set you up so well. Uh, <laughs> Hockey 20. 
That's going to be your promo code. Go to pregame.com, and you can take 20% off using the promo code HOCKEY20, whether you want a daily best bet package or hop on board a season-long subscription or maybe just one of these short-term subscription packages, like you can get an NBA playoffs package, you can get a Stanley Cup playoffs package, a Major League Baseball through the All-Star break, or get a full season. Or we have uh, an NBA playoffs and football season combined, so you can get an early jump on the fall this year. Lots of great options available at pregame.com and you can take 20% off using the promo code HOCKEY20. For AJ Hoffman, Mackenzie Rivers, and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are Straight Out of Vegas AM.